Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. When my son was in seventh grade, his class was discussing different issues related to learning. The topic of dyslexia came up. One girl known for being cruel to those with difficulties or differences, couldn't believe how common dyslexia was supposed to be. The teacher said one student in seven. She stood up and called out seven of her classmates to stand up. She then said, which one of you has dyslexia? My son looked her straight in the eyes and said, I do. Her jaw dropped and she said, you can't have dyslexia, you are smart. His reply was, dyslexia does not mean dumb. Now, my son's dyslexia was and is not as severe as some people, but it did make reading and spelling more of a challenge. He actually didn't like to read novels until I introduced him to books on tape in seventh grade for Christmas. I found a boxed series of Michael Crichton books and a box set of Edgar Allan Poe books. We didn't see him for several days since he had cozied up in his bedroom with his audiobook recorder. When he came out, he was so excited to discuss the books he had read. After that, he was more interested in reading and finding books on his favorite topics. In case you weren't aware, October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. It is important to realize that dyslexia is actually more common than what my son's teacher had told the class. It is now estimated that 20%, meaning one in five, people have some form of dyslexia. It is the most common reason for reading problems in school. But despite how common it is, most school districts still don't officially recognize students with it. If students aren't identified and provided with needing reading interventions, There are long-term problems. According to the National Center for Learning Disabilities, only 68% of students with learning disabilities, 85% of whom have dyslexia, leave high school with a regular diploma, while 19% drop out, and 12% receive only a certificate of completion from high school. According to the National Center, on improving literacy, Idaho, Alaska, and Puerto Rico have no dyslexia legislation. That would sound encouraging, except for the fact that 12 states don't require screening for dyslexia, and 19 states don't require schools to provide dyslexia intervention. That's 38% of our states and of our children. Many people, which includes educators, don't really understand what dyslexia is. They think it is turning letters backwards or reading backwards. The official definition is a neurologic, meaning of the brain, 
language-based disorder of phonemic and or phonologic awareness. It is considered to be one of the neurodevelopmental disorders under the classification of learning disorders, although it could also be part of the communication language disorder spectrum. The problem lies in the ability to notice and process the different sounds that are being heard to be able to keep the order of the sounds in the correct order and to be able to speak them in the correct order. That is the phonemic aspect of the problem. Once a child is more aware of the sounds in a word, he then begins to notice and acquire the skills of understanding the phonology of words, how the sounds go together to form a word and words go together to form language. All of this is before the child is even introduced to the written word. When the child is introduced to books and the letters that make up books, we are now talking about orthography, the ability to identify patterns of specific letters as words. That includes understanding how to link specific sounds to individual and groups of letters. In the last 10 to 15 years, more preschools and early elementary classes are discussing the sound symbol connection, but it is still not universal and is not considered by many to be a major part of learning to read and write. The whole language approach is still entrenched into most school literacy programs. Some will argue that this philosophy, because it is not an evidence-based approach to literacy, works fine and does not discount phonics. It uses literature to help the child recognize whole words based on context. The focus is on memorizing as many words as possible to increase sight vocabulary, and then, if there are problems, using phonics to help. Some scholars have suggested that the whole language approach has disadvantages for early readers. Specifically, they have suggested that students who are taught to read using a whole language approach may, may have difficulty learning to spell if they do not receive phonics instruction as well. So if our educational systems are not all on board for identifying and providing needed interventions for students with dyslexia, what can a parent expect as their child reaches adulthood? According to the Mayo Clinic, dyslexia can lead to a number of problems, including trouble learning, because reading is a skill basic to most other school subjects. A child with dyslexia is at a disadvantage in most classes and may have trouble keeping up with their peers. Social problems. Left untreated, dyslexia may lead to low self-esteem, behavior problems, anxiety, aggression, and withdrawal from friends, parents, and teachers. They'll find that they have problems mispronouncing names or words or problems retrieving words. All of this can be very embarrassing. They'll have trouble understanding jokes or expressions that have a meaning not easily understood from the specific words, such as idioms, like a piece of cake, which means easy. They will spend, be spending an unusually long time completing tasks that involve reading or writing. They will have difficulties summarizing a story, trouble learning a foreign language, trouble memorizing, and difficulty doing math problems. 
As an adult, the inability to read and comprehend can prevent this child from reaching his or her potential when she grows up. This can have long-term educational, social, and economic consequences. The prevalence of dyslexia in prisoners is more than twice that 20% noted, or 48% according to a scientific study conducted at the University of Texas Medical Branch in conjunction with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice in 2000. According to Prison Legal News, a 2014 study by the Department of Education found that about one third of prisoners surveyed at 98 prisons struggle to pick out basic information while reading simple text. Interventions for dyslexia have been around since the 1920s when Dr. Samuel Orton, a neurologist, teamed up with Anna Gillingham, a teacher, to develop a reading instruction that focused on the following issues phonemic awareness, phonics instruction, reading fluency, vocabulary, and comprehension. Since then, other educators have created programs similar and all contain these fundamental elements. They need to be in a, done in a structured, multi-sensory manner so that the child understands the connections. Now, I'm asking you to consider how you can help increase the amount of screening and intervention for dyslexia in your community and in your state. You can discuss it with your district superintendent, but also consider contacting the state superintendent to find out where your state is in providing screening, intervention, and supports for those 20% of students that have dyslexia. If you're thinking about helping with legislative efforts, you may wanna contact your local decoding dyslexia group to join their efforts to create legislative and educational changes so that children with dyslexia get the services they need. These children need our voices to help them get the help they need. Let's use this month to speak up. Mm -hmm.